Gentlemen, I've got news for you. This lighthouse is under attack, and by morning, we might all be dead. Welcome to the Whovian Review. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Jeremy One. I'm other Jeremy, which is Jeremy Two. And Colin is here today. Tonight we're going to be talking about horror of Fang Rock. (laughs) What could this horror possibly be? I think it was that one guy. It was kind of a shock. (laughs) The gambler. All I'm going to say is that this is one of the greatest. Base Under Siege stories that Doctor Who ever created. It has the horror elements of the Philip Hinchcliffe years, um, even though this is the start of the Graham William years. Um, but it's it's one of, uh, I think, the better uh, in terms of the overall mood and the overall kind of feel for the story. I will at least give it this. I, I think it does very well in having a really exciting story within the bounds of, you know, one lighthouse and like, mm. one place and a foggy kind of night. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, and I think that's really hard to get out of it. But at the same time, I think that's also somewhat a detriment based on what I know the BBC at this time can do in terms of scenery and the diversity that they can have. And, you know, I think it's appropriate for this to be dreary, but... Um, at the same time, I think you could have, you know, more pops of color. I mean, I thought it was... Norms, but I, I don't know. I thought it was weird that, you know, them having, like, a single building be the entirety of the setting for the episode, and they didn't even create the top part of it. It was, like, green screened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I didn't mind that. I thought it was just... It was creative use of space. It was very cramped space. I mean, it did not make you feel like you're in a spacious place. So I felt it. It gave that isolation feel to it. It didn't. It made it so like anytime someone was going somewhere, it's like, well, you should have walked past that person. Yeah. So it kind of added the whole you know mystery of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I I personally expected it to to play out uh, more like a sort of on the Orient Express sort of thing, but they uh, covered the fact that it was a mystical alien a little. Uh, quickly into the story, but there was a surprising amount of deaths in this episode. This actually, I mean, I I think we had a as far as uh, the anyone who wasn't a companion, it was a total kill. Like no one made it. I think there's like what seven people who came uh, into the. Yeah, and then you've also got the ship captain who's mentioned and also deceased. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm pretty, that the crew for that ship had to be much bigger than. Oh the, yeah, true, true. I mean, yeah, there was a death toll here. Yeah, and this was one of the highest death tolls of like actors in uh, at least classic who. 
Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, uh, fate of the planet deal. So we did, you know, save all humanity. So it's like, oh, that on balance gets seven people. But it's also like, man. So mm-hmm. was this creature really attracted to the electricity or was it attracted to superstition? Because, my God, there was a lot of that in this too. Oh. <laughs> that and screams. Oh, God, not the screams. Man, that lady could rival Mel Bush. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but... Th- that oh, she's far worse than Mel Bush. <laughs> that, I mean, she was... Them that, that said, if you can think of what, that, what the word hysterical is, just do that every scene you can. That's what they told me. I, I loved, like, her in opposition to Leela, though. It really highlighted how awesome Leela is, and her just sitting there, like, rolling her eyes and being like, what is wrong with this woman? Yeah. Hasn't she seen death before? Like, I do every day. <laughs> well, Adela- I mean, Adelaide, to be fair, is only a secretary to Lord Palmadale, who is also probably one of the mo- most notoriously bad characters in Doctor Who. Not bad as in badly acted, but bad as in everybody hates them. <laughs> There's a lot to hate. Now, yeah. <laughs> now, I, now, don't get me wrong. I give her the defense that she had a job with a crowded person and she had to defend that guy. or she just, And she was a victim of her time and place. Yeah. But and and yes. I understand. I do understand that. But dear God, can someone just knock her out? Oh my God, she was so annoying. But it was perfect because like all yep. the characters were like, oh my God. Yep. Oh, you know, <laughs> she fit the role to a T, and I admit that. Yeah, she did. I'm just really glad that the last time she fainted, she didn't do it with the scream first. Like, this <clears throat> was a straight up faint. All I'm going to say is that this seems to have been the uh, one story where it was battle of the facial hair. Because not only do you have mutton chops, but you got mustaches galore in this one. And like super curly ones. Oh, yeah. Super curly ones, really big thick ones. Some that are... I mean, mutton chops were just a theme of this episode. I feel like it really... uh, If anything, I think this episode did capture the the turn of the century and... You know, some new mystery with electricity, with some understanding over here. Oh, yeah, I loved when, like, the younger guy who wasn't, you know, all, like, electricity's mystical, and the doctor was like, he, yeah, it looked like he died, but, you know, it was electricity, and he was just like, oh, okay, then. Yeah, it's, it's just mysterious, <laughs> mysterious things happen with electricity. Are you talking about Electricity Vince? has yeah. mysterious ways. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. Vince was, I think, one of the mo- more likable characters, because he, uh... He's kind of young. He's he, but he really kind of seems was. more loyal yeah. to the doctor. He's very and just earnest. very friendly, He's a very earnest kind of guy, and like, very much know. like I'm going to do the right thing regardless. Like I had a thought. Oh, you're going to be the one to make it through this entire story, and well, I, I thought I I was rooting for Skinzale the whole time because even though he did destroy the communication equipment, I mean he actually had a decent characterization. He was he was fun. He, he was, and he's a good. colonel. He was good. Like, when I was left with him at the end, I'm like, you know what? Okay, you're going to be the one who survives this whole thing. As long as that woman dies. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy was rooting for Adelaide to die, not actually live. No, I did not want her to live after all. (laughs) Because she just kept going after the baddest of bad guys. Like, he's my boss. He's a good man. I'm like, oh. I I know know you're you're assigning your times, but you got to go. Harker's death made sense because he was basically the one stoking the lighthouse and making sure it worked, and the Rutan was taking him down so he could try and infiltrate the rest of the crew. And that's an unfortunate thing, because I liked Harker, too. 
Uh, but poor Ben. I mean, he's the first one to go, and he didn't do anything wrong. He was actually probably the most competent. Not most top thing. exactly. Yeah, I just felt like, come on, Ben. No, yeah. what was oh, well. weird about it makes that. him the best target, by the way. The most competent person you get rid of. Yeah, the no, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like the Rutan battle strategy was quite weird because it it first attacked Ben by opening the door and just sort of zapping him, and and that happened the next time as well. In the boiler room, uh, is that with with the with the captain Reuben, yeah, no, with Reuben, yeah, and then then it decided to climb the the entire infrastructure for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. just to take down one guy and go all the way back down and come back up through <laughs> the stairway. What I really don't get about it is why were the Rutans there eighty years earlier. Like, that just wasn't addressed. There was just this, stuff out, this, 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 this whole, like, big plot thing of, oh, this is the beast that's been here before. Yes, it looks exactly like this. Oh, yeah, it behaved in exactly the same way. But it's just like... Well, wait a minute. That was part of the mystery of the episode. We don't know that the Rutans were the Oh, beast. we know that they were the Rutans before. It, it was sequel. It was never it was. Sp- explicitly said, though. Yeah, it, it was but very heavily on. implied. Listen, sure. there, there's this thing... That you do in writing, which is when you, you do not just leave a hook there not to be of use. It either was meant to be there for a future episode, or it's just there so that you know... It feels like they just forgot to tie up that end. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was really a loose end. I, I figured that the root time was just killed off by the one guy that went mad because he saw all the death of his two comrades but ended up surviving so yeah but then it's like so but then if destroying that spaceship would make them be like oh we better not come back here then why did they come back this like it just well maybe they came back as a reconnaissance to figure out what happened to the original one because they may have just lost contact and didn't know what was going on yeah I mean I just think it would have helped if the doctor had just said something to that effect like oh they're probably back to check on what happened to their last scouting mission or something or the root time would have said something yeah just, I could just, see just that. to address it in some way, because there was a lot of buildup about, you know, the Beast of Fang Rock and how it was a glowing green squidgy thing that made people go insane and killed them. Like, I mean... Kind of not wrong. And, like, it, you know, part of it was they were like, oh, the lighthouse makes sense because it has electricity. Well, they didn't have electricity 80 years earlier, so... <laughs> they had oil lands, dude. Like, why was it? <laughs> that may explain why the Rutan wasn't able to contact its own people, though. If it didn't, because electricity didn't exist, then it wouldn't have had an opportunity to utilize it. True, but like, it just—I don't know. It's, it just—it seems like a lot of, you know, references to something that never panned out to anything, and that mm-hmm. no one really seemed concerned about at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, the doctor wasn't even like, maybe we should go check out 80 years earlier. I will, I will, I will point out that this story was written by the legendary Terrence Dix, who was, of course, the script editor for all of the John Pertwee era and the first story of the fourth Doctor era. And uh, he really um, did, I think, it, he kind of took on the mantle of the Philip Pinchcliffe years in terms of the gothic horror kind of motif. But he also had kind of a mixture of Chris Boucher and um, Robert Holmes kind of thrown in there. He just, I think he just kind of emulated a classic Doctor Who story for this particular story. It was very well-rounded. Yeah, I, I would say this is a really good, like, example of a classic 
Doctor Who's story because I feel like it's got a bunch of different elements. And also, Leela was just going around being awesome the whole time. Oh, yes. And I also <laughs> want to point out her outfit was amazing. Her outfit was amazing in this, too. Yeah, uh, I will, I will Which one? The, the second one. Okay. And, and, and not only are there maybe change of hearts in this episode, but there's a change of eyes. Yeah, so the actress has blue eyes, and they had her in the brown eyes because they didn't actually think she was going to be a companion for very long, but she was very loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, the brown contact lenses hurt her eyes, so they built in so she could stop wearing them. I mean, frankly, I think that they probably didn't have to do that. No one would have noticed. Yeah. But <laughs> it's yeah. not like the cameras were that great at the time. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Robert Holmes was the script editor for this story, so that may explain why there's a slight Robert Holmes-esque yeah. sense to this story. I don't know Robert Holmes well enough for, to, to understand what you mean by Robert Holmes-esque. He's, a, he's one of the most prolific writers of Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, I know, he, but what's his style us, like? What's his... Well, he introduced us to the Centaurans in the very first Centauran story with okay, John Okay, and Percy. this one had Centaurans. Um, he wrote The Two Doctors. He wrote um, The Mysterious Planet, Colin Baker. He wrote... Um, uh, right, I mean, but what, what of his elements did you see in this story? Um, kind of pairing off... One of the things he usually does, he pairs off, like, different people. So if you could take Reuben and Vince, they were a good pair. Skinzel um, and possibly Adelaide were a pair. I would um, put Skinzel in the jerk. And Harker? Oh, and Lord Palmadale? Yeah, I would say I, they, they were... Be- well, I mean, they were an opposing pair, but they were definitely, yes. like, you know, foils of each other. Could be. Um, that's a that's a traditional Robert Holmes. But Robert Holmes also was very good with the mystery of what's going on, what's happening. Like the mysterious planet. He wrote he was the one that was kind of in charge of all the trial. Was of that one that mysterious though? <laughs> well no with the no, I, with the I, secrets, I, I, yeah. I, I was joking because the title's the mysterious planet, Michael. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, I get it. Um, you you know I know that episode. I love that one. It's got my, my boy glitz in it. <laughs> Um, but I mean, he uh, just look up all the stories that Robert Holmes did, and you'll see that he's got a lot of excellent Doctor Who writings. I is this the first Rutan? This is show? the only Rutan Ru- story, um, not including more. the video game. Oh, wow. But the Rutans, uh, like it's what an interesting kind of premise of it. We've got the Centaurans that we know are like a warlike species, just going around causing war. It mm-hmm. kind of makes sense that they would have, you know, a perpetual enemy enemy on it, and that's the Rutans. And it's just kind of a fun concept that there's this just this intergalactic war going on. But you tails know? versus jellyfish. Ah, exactly. <laughs> there there is a, there is a future 1990s video that came out called Shakedown, and Shakedown is a story in the Doctor universe that does deal with the Rutans versus the um, Santarans, and both nice. are in the story. And it also stars Carolyn Ford, who played Susan, and Sophie Aldridge, who played Ace, as amongst the other British stars. But it is a very compelling story, but it was not a Doctor Who story. So they do actually come back to some degree. And I mean, it's actually pretty good. How do you guys feel about video game spoilers? I mean, we, you already said it's a spoiler, so they can All right, shut us it's off a right spoiler, now. guys. All right, so it, there's a video game. I don't know what it's called, but it has the 11th Doctor, and I want to say Roy and Amy. Okay. But they um, go into, like, dealing with this Centauran versus Rutan conflict. And it actually kind of turns out a little bit like this Zygon invasion inversion thing. Like, the Doctor ends up giving um, the Centaurans and the Rutans, like, 
each a bomb and a trigger, but they don't know which trigger goes with which bomb. And so they know that if they press the trigger, it'll either destroy them or their enemy. And so basically he turns the whole war into a stalemate. <laughs> and they kind of like Classic. have a truce. <laughs> Wow. So, how would you guys rate this episode? Huh. That was well, quick. Well, so for myself, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It had a good horror aspect. It was everything was fine. I, I'm just giving points for every shriek I had to hear. Thank God the volume wasn't too high. So, for that part, uh, no, I'm thinking uh, an 8.5. Dude, there were more than one and a half streaks. I'm being nice, okay? <laughs> she, I, I'm giving a point for the faint. Oh, okay. For the faint. The, the fact that she eventually died. <laughs> no, she fainted. She fainted before she could scream one more time. That was the part I was happy about. So I gave I gave a bonus point there, okay? Uh, an 8.5, I think. And again, beyond that, I'm, and honestly, she was actually fulfilling the role Perfect. Oh, the actress did a great job. Yeah, she, she she took she did the homework. She did it right. Yeah, and did it well. I just I it, it's a trope, but I mean even then it had been a trope. I feel like I think she was putting on a fake voice too. She was making her voice more higher pitched, which I assume women of the time did. Oh, and, I, and I'm I'm certain it's fine. Um, but again, it's just like her character. Well, yes, and, and here's the thing. Like really. It's only a sign of the times now that we're kind of fed up with that kind of treatment of, of female characters to be that kind of... No, but 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 this one, I felt like they were, oh, they, they, they were intentionally setting her up for the audience to be like, oh my God, this woman. You know, I know. So, I, so I think it actually was it, kind of ahead of its time. And, again, and it worked. It worked really well. But at the same point, I'm like, I don't like that kind of character. Even though it did its job, it did it, and it did its job because I hated her. That's <laughs> me. But when you make me hate a character that much for mainly for one thing, the screeching, I, I can't I can't support. There's other ways to make me hate her. Not that. A lot of a lot of other ways. Yeah. You hate a lot of people very strongly that are in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doctor Who has such a wide range of characters. I mean, a great you, show. You can't like ideally them all. have you know, may have something that inspires hate. At the same time it inspires love. So what inspired you in this one, Colin? For me, I think it was, you know, the, the, the turn of the century kind of vibes here that we had. I think it was um, pulling a great story out of a very isolating setting um, and period of time. Um, I think it was some mystery, some intrigue, some other faraway elements, you know, that we see less of um, typically in Doctor Who. And so I found it to be a good episode, um, but it was not, you know... I didn't find it a really great episode, but I'm I'm just like bringing this right in as like a seven, a seven out of ten. Interesting. So I I do have to say that there was a quite the savage line in this one, in where uh, Adelaide was talking about how uh, Lila was sort of uh, hideous or something to the, to that effect. Meanwhile, the uh, Colonel pitched and it was like. Well, yes, but I appreciate natural beauty. It was like a sick burn to Adelaide. She had like a layer of makeup or something, so it's like, well, gosh. I mean, he knows what he's talking about, though. Uh, but uh, aside from that, sort of 
the general gothic nature of this story was quite nice. Some of the special effects were admittedly dated, but that's to be said about most things from this era. Uh, so I'd have to give it, if anywhere, a bit higher than a 7, but like a 7.8 or a 9. Sort of just barely not a B yet, so you can't say that was a good grade. That was just barely a bad grade. Okay. All right. Um, I thought, you know, I thought Lilo was great in this one. I forgot to mention earlier my favorite line from where, she, where the doctor's like, there's a lot of danger here. And she's like, do not be afraid. We can take them. <laughs> it's just, you know, there were a lot of uh, great moments there. And then also, of course, we see and check out our The Doctor is a Villain podcast for more on this. But we see the doctor sitting there going like she's threatening to rip someone's heart out. And he's like, yeah, you heard her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I liked uh, a lot of the characters, or rather liked hating some of the characters. I thought that was done. I think that um, it definitely, the story is, is gripping. Um, I do feel like they kind of let the ball drop on the, the back end of the story a bit. So I'm going to give this one a 7.5 out of 10. Interesting. A lot of Doctor Who fans actually have a hard time rating this low because uh, it is probably the last great horror-esque kind of vibe. State of Decay comes close, but it's a very theatrical horror kind of vibe. This is much more of a straightforward horror. And um, it's definitely... Um, probably Because the Philip Hinchcliffe, ear, Hinchcliffe ears were the ones that just finished and we're now into Graham Williams and Graham Williams kind of makes Doctor Who a little bit more silly and less horror vibes and, and certainly a little less uh, frightening but this one definitely had the right atmosphere it had the right I think had the right kind of vibe and I absolutely adored this when I first saw it I, I always loved the characters regardless of whether you love to hate them or whether you love to love them um, it's extremely strong Leela story. It's probably one of her best. And she sometimes outshines the Doctor, although the Doctor has some great one-liners um, talking to all the people from the, the ship. And um, I would also say, I think, uh, kudos goes to the actor who plays Ruben, because I really believe he kind of stole the show in many of the scenes where he is having that kind of oh, well, I think there's a beast coming, and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of suspicious about everybody and that kind of thing. I think he's... Classic he, old lighthouse worker. Yeah, he well, he and he played it so well. Um, even Vince was rather convincing, or the actor uh. who played Vince. Um, but yeah, I just... This one ranks probably in my top 20 stories of all time. This is getting a 10 out of 10 for me. Because it always has been a 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, phew. I was worried you'd be the highest ranker. <laughs> no. Um, this is definitely one of my all-time favorites. If I... Probably up... For the longest time, I've always probably put this as my favorite Tom Baker story. Um, but it's very close to Seeds of Doom and Deadly Assassin. Those three all just... Yeah. We'll get to the other one. Or before, depending. It's all right. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye.